We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, close to the end zone. Olsen! Touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. Keep pounding on three. One, two, three. Keep Welcome back to another episode of The Roar, brought to you by Blue Wire. And we have a pretty big game for the Carolina Panthers this upcoming week. It's the four-time consecutive NFC South winner, the New Orleans Saints. And to help us preview the Saints, we are joined today by Kevin Washington. Kevin works closely with Nick Underhill, who we had a couple times last year, help us uh, preview a Saints-Panthers game. And he also came back in January for uh, kind of give us an introduction to into Jeff Ireland, who was potentially on the candidate list for the Carolina Panthers on their GM search. But Kevin, how are you today? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully we can, you know, get some interdivisional NFC South talk going and, uh, you know, both leave unscathed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was just so impressed. I wasn't even impressed. I, I kind of, I picked the Saints to beat the Packers last week. I just, I saw it coming. I didn't expect them to beat them down like the way they did. Wow. That was, uh, that was certainly shocking for me. I just, Whenever I see the Saints, I see a team that's always – they don't make excuses. They, they're always accountable. They're always prepared. Uh, I mean, certainly there's going to be times where they face some adversity like we saw this past few weeks with the hurricane. But Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're going – practicing in Dallas, traveling to Jacksonville, and they're not really used to outdoor weather even though they practice in the humidity in Louisiana. But it was a new surrounding. It was like 30,000 fans or whatever. A lot of them were wearing green and gold. But for me, I see a team that's going to be prepared no matter what the circumstances are. What was your main takeaway after watching that drubbing on Sunday? Mm -hmm. Well, first and foremost, I hope you made a bet and won a Maserati type. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because, yeah, you were were one of the few people that picked the Saints to win that game. And I actually picked the Packers. So I'd be, you know, I I took an L there. But but yeah, just just one of the the takeaways, just, you know, to the point you made in, in from the game is, the team takes on kind of the personality, you know, of the city. New Orleans, you know, we're no we're no stranger to dealing with, you know, tough times and 
Uh, that's my hometown. And, you know, it's just kind of how when, when, when players, you know, move to New Orleans and play, you know, for the Saints, you know, they kind of just become ingrained in the city and ingrained kind of with the culture and how things are. And then they take on that personality. And so I think it starts there. I think the coach is, you know, I mean, I think people are pretty aware of Sean Payton and his personality and the team takes on that personality. He, you know, he's a fiery dude. You know, I'm pretty sure Panther fans remember him and Steve Smith, you know, yelling at each other on the sidelines. And that's just the kind of player he is, right? You'll see him pushing players and things like that. So, you know, it, I, I wasn't surprised that they came ready to play last week. I was expecting that. I expect them to be, you know, ready to play any team and, you know, be able to deal with any circumstance. And, you know, it, I, I, sh- I should have gave given him more credit before that game. And I feel a little bit crazy after it because, you know, just knowing how he is and how he gets those guys fired up, you know, it, it, it you know, the, the, the outcome was surprising that they won like they did, but not that they won because, you know, if you know, Bill Parcells and how he is, Sean Payton is basically like a 2021 version of, you know, that same guy. So it, it, it was, I, I look, you know, I, it's, it was a lot of different things about this game that is interesting. I'm pretty sure we'll get into it, but just high level, you know, whenever the Saints are dealing with adversity, you know, they got the right guy. You know, you got one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I don't mean just play callers, I mean coaches. And so, you know, he'll he'll have them ready pretty much every time. Yeah, I mean, certainly. And to me, it was just uh, John and I, my co-host, he, we were DMing each other like Sunday evening and he was like, Sean Payton's essentially the face of that franchise. Yeah. Especially yeah. now with Breeze moving on. And let's stick with the quarterback position. I, I saw it coming. I, I did. I definitely thought Jameis would provide not only competency, but maybe even a level that this offense hasn't seen. And yeah. I mean, a perfect illustration was that deep play action touchdown that he threw to Deontay Harris. Uh, I mean, no disrespect to Breeze, but even he had mentioned it on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> he, that, that's not going to happen with him. Uh, but for me, it's it's not even the fact that Jameis threw five TDs and he was perfect passer rating almost. It's just the type of spark that he can bring to the offense because he does have the arm strength. And I mean, let's be honest, this isn't like a an elite group of pass catchers that we've been accustomed to. They're missing. Right. Uh, I mean, for whatever criticisms people have of Michael Thomas, uh, you know, he's not playing and. Uh, I mean, Kamara was only involved in the passing game on three catches for eight yards. So this is a pretty, like, okay pass-catching group. But I have to be honest with you, it was a very efficient football. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's a great observation. You know, to your, to, your, to your point about Jameis, you know, absolutely. When Drew Brees was the quarterback and, you know, we have this, you know, our, our podcast in New Orleans style football, it's called Saints Talk. And whenever we talk about Breeze, we always preface it with no disrespect to the legend. But, you know, he, he was limited, right? He wasn't the same player for, you know, you can say the last two or three years. And, you know, that became really obvious when you look at the, you know, when you, when you study the film and you see that the passing game became reduced. So, you know, safeties basically didn't have to cover a large portion of the field. And so, then you know, Sean, Sean Payton's nature is to attack you know, basically all areas of the field. That's how he always been. And, you know, he modified his offense to, you know, fit, a, fit an aging quarterback. And so, you know, with James back, he's, you know, he's going to take, you know, his strengths and accentuate those as it pertains to what type of plays he's calling. And so that's kind of what you, you know, that's exactly what you saw Sunday against the Packers, you know, and, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about James and his turnovers. And, you know, I've been one of those people just saying, hey, let's wait and see. But, 
you know, the system that the Saints have in place, and it's been the same system since 2006, you know, but it's, you know, it's definitely grown, obviously. But, you know, it just doesn't allow for those type of turnovers. And, you know, Sean Payton would bench him before he got to anywhere near that number. So I don't think that's going to be the case. But, but yeah, I just think that, you know, when you look at the quarterback position for the Saints, he's going to, you know, use these limited weapons and he's going to get the most out of them. That's how he always been. You look at the history of some of the Saints receivers. I don't think, I think Mike Thomas, and I'm pretty sure Mike Thomas was the first wide receiver that the Saints had to make a Pro Bowl, right? And so you think about the Marcus Cosins, the Devery Hendersons, the the Lance Moores, the, the, the Willie Sneeds, some of these guys, these are not big names that, you know, you think about when you think about guys who played wide receiver, but they were throwing for 5,000 yards a year. And they were basically, you, you know, you can make a case for the greatest statistical offense of all time, just, you know, especially when you look at how long they've been doing it. So that's kind of his MO. You know, it, I think he kind of prefers to allocate his resource and resources for the team in other areas. And, you know, I think he feels like he can draw it up as, you know, some people that cover the team. I've, I've been low on the wide receiver group all year. I think that that's they probably have maybe the worst one in the league. They definitely probably have a bottom two or three group of wide receivers right now. When you look at talent, I think only one guy, which is Ty Montgomery, is, was, was drafted. And he was drafted in the third round by the Packers. And, you know, half of his career, he's been a running back. The other half, he's been a wide receiver. So you're absolutely right. The wide receiver group is, you know, it's a it's a problem. And it really showed up with Breeze where you got a guy who can't push the ball to certain parts of the field along with a struggling wide receiver group. And, you know, that's when you kind of saw the offense struggle a bit at times. And, you know, these years where you have these great teams, but you just can't – you get in the playoffs and teams, they, they play you differently. So with a quarterback who can stretch the field a little bit more, that's definitely going to allow some of those guys who may not be, you know, great, great players and, you know, all these undrafted guys to kind of do a little bit more. So I think that's – you know, that's Sean's MO and that's what you're going to see now when, you know, they get some guys back when Mike Thomas gets back. And, you know, I think that's just going to completely, you know, change the offense. And those guys don't, you know, the number one guy has to be the number two or number three guy. Now it's going to make a big difference. But, but yeah, I think, you know, I think you're going to still see, you're going to see him, you know, try to attack all areas of the field. He's going to put the defenders in conflict. And, you know, the, 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 the deep touchdown you spoke about with Deontay Harris, that was, you know, it, was a, it came out of 13 personnel, three tight ends on the field, shoulder run formation. Uh, they ran a sale route, sale route concept. And, you know, he just called, I think it was Kevin King, you know, the, you know, he basically got a free release off the line, Deontay Harris did, and he just ran past the cornerback and James dropped it right in the bucket. So that, that's what you're going to see from Sean. He's going to show you the same plays out of the different formation, and he's going to use different formations to run the same plays. And that's just kind of how he runs his offense. No, I mean, it certainly just speaks to the level of, uh, brilliance on Peyton's part because he's doing this with uh, a receiving core, like we've mentioned, isn't yeah. the best in the NFL, but he's scheming up receivers open. I mean, you can talk about so many different offenses in the NFL now. You can just go on Twitter and see fan bases that are clamoring for their offensive coordinators to just scheme up this type route concept so they receive yeah. open. And, and a thing that kind of impressed me with Winston – was the fact that he also used his legs more. I mean, he looks a lot leaner. I know a lot of people like he to is. Of, a lot of people like to make fun of for whatever reason, like those workout videos that he does in the offseason. I don't I don't really care about that. I mean, yeah. I mean he has a workout routine, like let him be. Like it's the same thing. Like if I'm at the gym and I see someone using a medicine ball like doing, you know, 50 squat jacks, I'm not gonna like question them if that's how they want to get, you know, get their work and that's how they want to get it in. And exactly, they, like, exactly. 
for Jameis, it's like he looks a lot leaner. And I haven't seen him this lean since probably, you know, his first couple years in the league. And I've always thought, especially at FSU, he was kind of like an underrated scrambler. And he yeah. used his legs, where in the past you might see him try to, you know, fit a ball in the tight coverage and it led to disaster. Now you're seeing him kind of, you know, be a lot more smart with the football. Yeah, you, that's, a, that's a great observation by you. Um, you know, I, you don't think of Jameis Winston and think of a scrambler, right? I mean, to be honest with you, and this may sound, you know, a little crazy to some people, but I, you know, I would like to think it's based on, you know, film study, but he's a, he's actually a better runner than Taysom Hill, right? Now, not, he's not more physically gifted, but Taysom really doesn't have a really good understanding of when to run. You know, he'll stay in the pocket and take the sack, right? And so with, with Jameis, from what we've seen from him in the preseason games, in some of the training camp practices and then in game one, he has a good feel for being in the pocket. And he's played a lot of NFL games, so naturally yeah. he does, right? And so he's not – I wouldn't say he's a, an elite pocket athlete. Uh, Drew Brees was an elite pocket athlete. He wasn't an elite runner, but when it comes to sitting in the pocket, creating space to make the correct throw, Brees and Brady are probably 1A and 1B, like all time as it pertains to that skill set. But that's something that I've seen Jameis do, right? He, he, he'll, he'll navigate the pocket to create space to, 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 to find a throw. And he's also been able to navigate the pocket, the throw not be there and use his legs. So his body is different. It's very different. Um, I think he went to a plant-based diet. Um, oh, okay. Part of, I think it was, I'm not sure if he's doing it full time or if he's still doing it, but I know it's kind of part of what helped him kind of recreate his body. And, you know, I think his running, his running ability is, is significant, right? Because, you know, when you look at a quarterback, it, it, it doesn't always work like the play caller draws it up, right? The defense call, they practice and they call plays and they game plan too. And even the guys, you know, that can call plays as good as Sean Payton, all plays don't work. And that's kind of which that's the value you get from, you know, having a quarterback that can, that can extend the play or even create, you know, additional explosive plays with his legs. And so every, I think every time Jameis ran the ball this past game, it went for a first down. And, you know, that's significant because the structure of the play didn't work. But the drives continue. So I do think it's a weapon. I think it's something that teams are going to have to pay attention to. You're not going to scheme against him like he's Lamar Jackson or Kyle Murray. But it's something that you you have to pay attention to because you don't want to give Sean Payton all these extra chances to blow up your defense. So it it was a welcome surprise if you're, you know, if you're rooting for the Saints. For sure. And I mean, the thing about Jameis is he plays like a pocket, uh, like a traditional pocket quarterback. And obviously the element of mobility helps. He's not like Kyler or Mahomes where he's going to take like those, you know, 10 to 15 step dropbacks to create throwing lanes. He's, you know, much more structured uh, in that sense. But one of the most important things for any quarterback is a good offensive line. And I can't think of a better offensive line in the NFL than the Saints. And I mean, I'm looking at the left or the right side, at least with Ruiz and Ramchek. Ramchek's obviously one of the best right tackles in the NFL. Um, I do want to get your what's the status on Eric McCoy here? It seemed like he was uh, not practicing today. I know he left yeah. the game early, yeah. uh, but the left side, again, Armstead, he's been a mainstay since he was a rookie and Andrus Pete as well uh, on the left side um, at guard. This is a very formidable offensive line. And I think the health of it is going to be pretty key upcome in this upcoming week. So yeah, what do you see from just this offensive line? Not only, pass blocking but run blocking too and what kind of concepts you see them run um and just if you want to kind of give us an update here on eric mccoy's status for this upcoming week 
Okay, yeah, Eric McCoy won't be playing this week. I'm I'm relatively confident about that, confident about that. Yeah, I think he had a calf strain. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on maybe short term IR for maybe three weeks or so. They signed Austin Reader. I hope I'm saying his name right. He played for the Chiefs last year about 12 games. And, oh, okay, yeah, I remember yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean he's not a great center, but I, you know it's, I, he's one of the guys that you kind of would think would be able to catch on to a team to at least have some depth. Maybe he was waiting to find the right situation. You know, a lot of veterans do that, so. From the looks of it, it seems like Eric McCoy won't be playing, and that's a, that's a significant loss for the Saints, right? I, you know, you got protection calls. I think he's a blue chip player. You know, I thought that this year he was going to kind of solidify himself as one of the top centers in the league. Like he has that type of talent. When you look at his, you know, just his skill set, you know, physically and mentally, you know, you you definitely can compare him to some of the best players at that position. So that's a significant loss for the Saints, no question about it. There's no way to to spin that right, the right. Uh, the good news is that you know there's the the whoever is going to play center there is going to be surrounded by talent. Now, you know, are they going to put Ruiz there? Ruiz was a center at in Michigan. He played guard his I think I want to say his freshman year, and then from there on, from his sophomore to senior or, or you know junior to senior, he played guard. Uh, I'm sorry, he played center. He started off at guard and played center. Since he's been with the Saints, he's been the guard the entire time. I think center is just more natural position, but. Something tells me that they may want to keep him at guard since he's been practicing there pretty much all last year in training camp this year and in the first game. So they may bring in Reader and let him play center. So we'll we'll see how they go. That 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 position is kind of you know it's kind of in flux at the moment and things are still moving. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm pretty sure Sean Payton is not going to tip his hand. So you know that that that's definitely a loss for the Saints. But you're right when you when you talk about the offensive line. I mean, I would say if they had a strength, it's definitely pass blocking. It, they're an elite pass blocking unit. I think we, you know, every year Nick and I do a rating, a roster rating for the Saints. I had to run Umstead as my number one player on the in, on the entire team. <laughs> I, I put him above Alvin Kamara. I put him above Mike Thomas. I put him above Ryan Ramchek, Eric McCoy, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, just Cam Jordan. All these guys that you consider blue chip players or you know close to blue chip players in this league. I had him above him, and I think he, he he if he wasn't if he was healthy his entire career, I think that he'd be in the Hall of Fame conversation because you know that's just how good he is. Um, so you know when you look at him on the left side, Pete is man, Pete is an interesting player. <laughs> the San, the I, I think that the fan base are they're they're more down on him than maybe some of the rest of the NFL, but he does have like high variances in his play, right? So Pete could have a really great, great game or a really bad game or really tough series or really good series so it is it's kind of a little bit up and down with him at times but you know he can absolutely dominate you know at, at times and so and he's not a weakness right I would definitely say he's not a weakness you can maybe say he's the if you had to rank the offensive line you may put him at five it's just between him and Ruiz um and then the right side of the line again you got Ruiz and Ramchek so the the pass blocking if the you know they're gonna they're gonna trust those guys to pass block Absolutely. And, you know, it's going to be hard for whatever team that they go against to get pressure. You went against the Smith uh, brothers this past weekend and Kenny Clark is on that line. And then they drafted Gary um, out of Michigan. I'm talking about the Packers here. And yeah, Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary. Exactly. And, you know, I, I made a joke. I was like, Jameis is in the pocket doing his taxes. Right. I mean, he just, <laughs> he, he had all the time in the world right now. He, he They did give up some pressures and, you know, that's just going to happen with any team. But for the most part, it, you're looking at and absolutely you know, absolute elite, uh, you know, pass blocking offensive line. They're good at run blocking. Also, they're that's, you know, I would still say pass blocking is the strength, but they're good there. And, 
you know, they're a zone team, but they, you know, they run other concepts too. You may see a gap run here or there or some power, but for the most part, you you know, they're, you're going to see, you know, they're, they're a zone running team and, you know, they do that pretty well because these guys are, you know, they're athletes and they can, you know, they can play really well on the move. Like Pete is best. You know, I was talking about some of his his weaknesses. Like he'll waste men at times and kind of reach for a tackle. I mean, I'm excuse me, reach for a defensive tackle or whoever's blocking him. But you get him in space and he's nasty. Oh so, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. He's a really good athlete. Yeah, he is. And so, just you know, you're 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 absolutely correct. You're looking at when you look at this old line. I think it is the strongest group on the team. And you know, they they do have a challenge this week. I know you know, Carolina has some young players that you know you know, that they have a really bright future. And then they sign, you know, some guys to an offseason of uh, Reddick I'm talking about. But, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely look at the Saints line and you, you kind of feel like they can block up, you know, whatever defensive line that they're going to go against. Yeah, Reddick and Burns, um, they're mostly like speed rushers. Uh, you know, on, on the other side, we'll, we'll get to the defense in a second where Davenport and Jordan are mostly like power rushers and uh, they use their hands really well. Uh, don't get me wrong, Brian Burns is turning into a more complete pass rusher but I think for Carolina if like you said the center is out this week and uh, Ruiz has I mean he had an an okay rookie season he had a struggle rookie season you can say it (laughs) (laughs) trying to be generous he's a rookie he's a rookie I'm trying to be I kind of still consider the guys drafted last year rookies in some ways because just the nature of the yeah yeah, it's tough it's tough yeah no but I think Carolina's you know defensive line um, especially the interior with uh, Derek Brown, Morgan Fox, and Daquan Jones, it's it's they they are they're fine. Uh, I mean, they're really good stopping the run, and they're really strong and powerful at the point of attack. I think last week they at least uh, Derek Brown, their first round pick from a couple of years ago, showed a lot more in the uh, as a pass rusher. So this yeah, is a pretty yeah. good opportunity for him to uh, really kind of make his make a statement against uh, a line that's going to be with uh, one of their best players. And uh, but yeah, I, I think the most fascinating matchup is going to be. Ramchek and against Burns because Burns likes to, you know, either rush from the left or the right. So he's going to be everywhere. And the Carolina did a lot of um, disguise pressure as well. So they brought some interior pressure, really kind of, um, you know, bother Zach Wilson. And uh, I mean, you could tell by his body language, the guy looked really, uh, yeah, he looked confused and just 15 really, players on the field, right? <laughs> yeah. He, 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 I saw him one time walk into the sideline, the broadcast showed it. He just, he looked like he was in over his head. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what you expect from a rookie, right? First time, exactly. first NFL, yeah. you know, uh, scheming and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I think if you're, if you're going to have success this year, I mean, excuse me, not this year, this game, you're definitely more, it's more than likely you're going to have it against, you know, the interior, you know, I would look at ways to attack the a gaps. Ruiz struggled last year with some stunts. He seems to have gotten that fixed, but you know, in training camp preseason and game one, but, you know, that, obviously that's not enough data. You know, so I think the interior line, if you're looking to pressure Winston and, and kind of, you know, throw a wrench into the offense, that'll definitely be an area because, you know, it's, it's just hard to be ram checking. Now, you might get them a player or two because they're, they're, you know, anybody can get beat. But, you know, especially speed rushers, they typically, you know, that's going to be a tough, tough battle against arm check, I mean, arm stand and ram check. You, right. You know, you need if you, you you want power and you want to, you know, really good hand uses to beat those guys speed, just, you know, speed rushes. That's that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh, so I want to get to the defense here. But before I do that, it looks like a pretty lengthy entry report defensively for New Orleans. Oh, man. Uh, 
I mean, I mean <laughs> Alexander, Marcus Davenport, Marshawn Lattimore, Pete Warner, PJ Williams, CJ Gardner Johnson. Oh, uh, I mean, CJ Gardner Johnson was limited, but the other guys, uh, they all were DNPs today at practice. And I believe Bradley Roby is still serving another game of suspension. No, no, he'll he'll be he'll he, he's back now. He he okay. He, yeah, yeah. He had one game to serve this year. They traded for him. Um, he served that game, and so he can he can be he can play this week. Yeah, of course. I mean, the Ohio State connection is still pretty strong. <laughs> I know, right? They love with him. the Saints. <laughs> um, but it, it just talk to me about which of these guys you probably do expect to play and don't. I know Davenport's going to be a big one, um, and Lattimore is. A lot of more too. We just got the big deal. So, do which one of these players between PJ Williams, Pete Warner, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Marcus Davenport, and Quan Alexander? Do you expect to play or not play? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure what's going to. Quan Alexander had an elbow, and I, I'm not. I didn't see that injury. You know, he, he. I mean, now this guy deserves some type of medal because he tore his Achilles. And I think yeah. 240 days later, he's back on the field. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I joke about it. I'm like, man, they might want to test that guy. <laughs> you know, what did he do? So, but yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of learning about some of these injuries. Sean Payton does not, he's going to give you as little information as he can. Right. And that's just, that's just the type of coach he is. So, you know, some of these guys like Passanio and, and, you know, Pete Werner, you know, he didn't play any defensive snaps. I think he played some special scene snaps. Um, you know, we'll see what some of those guys, the ones that, I would say are the you know major concerns or you know CJ Garner Johnson. It's it's the first practice of the week and the Saints, you know, they haven't had a home game and they've been traveling. I'm pretty sure, you know, maybe some of these guys are just being cautious with the injuries that you are worried about is Passanio. He didn't play because of a calf. So we'll see what happens with that because Davenport, you know, he had a strained peg. So it's look like it's looking like he's gonna miss a few weeks. And Lattimore, he broke a bone, I want to say in his thumb. So He's probably not going to play. So, you know, Carolinas, they're catching the defense. If you're going to catch this defense, you know, maybe this is the time to catch them at the start of the year because Saints are typically a very slow starting defense. You know, if you look at them, you know, just historically how they've started, you know, seasons, you know, last year I can pull it up. I, I pulled it up actually because I figured we was going to talk about it. You know, 23, 34, 37, 29, 27, 24, 23 is how they started the year last year as it pertains to points given up, but then it went to 313-9316, right? 24, Kansas City hung 32, and then, you know, the, them the playoff started. So they're typically a slow starting defense, even though that wasn't the case against Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, if you are going to catch them, it's going to be early and it's going to be when they're injured. So and that, that may be a, a window of opportunity for Carolina to kind of capitalize on it. But, you know, Davenport and Lattimore seemed like the obvious guys who won't play. And then from there, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, how it, how it you know um, changes throughout the week? Yeah, I'll get to the wide receiver and uh, defensive back matchup because that should be fascinating. Yeah, uh, certainly a strength for Carolina's offense, but offensive line for Carolina. I mean, this has just been an issue dating back to who knows how many years. It's it's still an issue, and the Jets uh, really exposed them in that second half. So I think if Davenport were to miss this game, as you say, then uh, it's certainly a break for Carolina, but. It is. It is. He was having it. Still, it's still an area that I believe New Orleans is going to have a pretty strong uh, advantage. And uh, one of your old friends, Sheldon Rankins, had uh, <laughs> some good moments for the Jets last week. <laughs> okay, I, I, you know, I have, I, I've yet to get to review the film like 
completely on the game last week. So that's that's news to me because, you know, Game Pass is the best subscription service in the history of America. And, you know, no one can get all 22 yet. So <laughs> still waiting on some of that information. So that's news to me. What's um is Onya Mata, is he is he in, um, still suspended or out? He is. He's out for six weeks, actually. He's oh. out for six weeks. So, yeah, I, and again, you know, this if you're going to get if you're going to get after you know, the Saints now, now is the time because, you know, they're, they're going to, they're probably without Davenport. They're probably without Lattimore. They're probably without Onyemata. I can make a case that those are the three of the four best defensive players on this roster. Right. And so, you know, they are, they are missing some guys. Yeah. Yeah. Davenport was, he's, I can make a case that he was, he's going to be the best pass rusher. He was, he was crazy in camp this year. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he's always been really good. He's just been injured. If you look at yeah, if you look at his true. pressure rate, it's always been good. The problem with him has been injuries, and you got to convert some of these pressures to sacks. But, you know, it's never been a question of can the guy win against an offensive tackle. David Onyemata, I mean, that guy, I just don't know how this guy exists, to be honest with you. He, he actually played defensive end at times in preseason, and he looked like an edge player. Just guys that, you know, guys shouldn't be that big and fast and explosive and strong at the same time. It's kind of like you got to pick one. And so, yeah, just those two guys being there, them missing off the defensive line. It it is it is tough. It is tough. But that's not how the Saints defense see it. I mean, I would I would say that this is a top five defense in NFL. They were last year and they are they look better this year. This is the best I've ever seen the Saints defense look since I've been watching the team. And I've, you know, I've been looking at the Saints mind, you know, pretty you know, watching as a (laughs) Got study in film, right? I wasn't doing yeah. that five, well, but yeah. I, I certainly remember the days where this defense was considered like the biggest joke in the NFL. Oh man, it wasn't yes, that man. long ago. Um, right. But right, right, right. I, I think you got to give credit to Dennis Allen. He's really kind of just transformed this entire unit. I mean, they play. I mean, they certainly, like you said, they have talent, but talent only takes you so far. It's kind of similar to the, um, you know, Saints offense where this team just. They play very well fundamentally, uh, but they they do a lot of very interesting things to where um, they just throw a lot of disguises and coverages that confuse quarterbacks. I mean, Rodgers was, you know, he was getting crazy, like confused. I mean, that interception of Marcus Williams, I've never seen Rodgers do that. Just didn't look like he was prepared. And he might not have been prepared. It's probably you know, focusing on what he didn't think. He didn't think Marcus Williams was going to get there neither. I can tell you that for sure. Um, oh the, yeah. Well, uh, well the Williams range was, that he showed is, was ridiculous on that play. Oh my goodness. He's one of the best in the NFL at that. So I'm not surprised, but I mean, just, can you speak to like what Dennis Allen has done for this defense and where you kind of see them, um, you know, in the pecking, I mean, obviously you think they're top five, but just like, what has, you know, the coaching staff with Dennis Allen brought to this unit? He's turned them into an elite defense. I mean, it, that's that's really what happened. Before you had Steve Spagnola, who his his time in New Orleans was an absolute disaster. I want to say Gibbs was the defensive coordinator before, before before him. No, it was Gibbs then Greg Williams. We know how that went. Then you bring in Spagnola, Rex Ryan, and then D D A came in. Uh, Dennis Allen. We call him D A. I, I can't remember a time where I've seen him just be out coached by an offense. Like, I just, I don't remember it happening. Nick and I was, you know, we were speaking about it recently and it just doesn't happen. He, he's, you know, he's probably one of the better defensive coaches that you'll see in this league. 
And that's just evident over the, his defense since he's been there, right? You know, you just look at how this team has performed. The Saints have been a defensive team for the last three years, minimum three years. You, and you can make a case further than that. So, I mean, just with the things that he did, that he do that he do on defense, it's just it's been really good. And I think it's been buffeted by some of the position coaches that the Saints have had. You know, before they had Aaron Glenn coaching the secondary, and he went to Detroit um, to oh, be that's the. Right. Yeah, and then they brought in Chris Chris Rashar, who you know people know from his time in Seattle. And it seems like the secondary is playing as good as it's ever played, right? You know, Mike Nolan left, and you know he had a tough time in Dallas. And you know they had Hodges under him, and my goodness, they they seem to have gotten much better. And Nolan was a good D, uh, linebackers coach when he was with the Saints. You know, I, I was a little worried about him leaving, but Hodges has stepped in, and you know guys have responded to him much better. Ryan Nielsen is probably the most coveted assistant coach on this roster if you know just thinking off the top of my head I mean LSU tried to hire him as their defensive coordinator and the Saints did everything they could to in the shun believe you know Peyton believes in giving guys chances but you know he did everything to keep this guy on the roster he made him assistant head coach he gave him a, you know they paid him more you know the defensive line since he's been here has been unreal I mean they they're losing they you know defensive tackle is I would consider a weakness for this team but you know those guys they just play well and so I think when you take Rex Ryan and look at some of the positional coaches that they have on defense and, you know, the Saints are dealing with COVID with the coaching staff now, but that's all on the offensive side. I just think it makes, you know, you add that to what defense Dennis Allen does and, you know, you know, he coached the Broncos defense. Remember how good that was. And, you know, you just, you just get a really good defense. They play, you know, they play quarters coverage, coverage a lot. I think that was their number one coverage last year. They play two man, they play single high, just, they, they're a multiple defense, but they're a simple defense for the players, but not for the guys that's playing against them. Um, he, he's a really good coach, and I'm pretty sure at some point someone's going to give him a chance to be a head coach again because, you know, he deserves it based on how he's coaching his defense. Yeah, I have no idea how he hasn't been hired head coach again. I think people just got sour and probably terrified of, you know, his time in with the Raiders. Oakland, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's other coaches who get other opportunities. I, I definitely feel like, uh, you know, Dennis Allen has put in the work, especially he has the resume now to where uh, he should be considered, you know, one of the top head coaching candidates. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned it in the secondary. And I think one thing that's underrated about this team is they have leaders at all three levels. Uh, I can't. Cam Jordan is obviously a natural leader on the defensive line. Demario yeah. Davis, there's really nothing much to be said. I mean, he's just such a smart and instinctual player, and he's still playing at a high level. And, yeah, uh, they brought back Malcolm Jenkins a couple years or last year, and he still looks like he's the same guy when they first drafted him. Uh, but the secondary, you know, like you said, a lot of more probably not going to play. Now, I was really surprised with the play of uh, Paulson Adebo, the rookie from Stanford. Oh man, I mean. Do you expect him to be starting in place and then him and Lattimore? And I think, um, you know, Desmond Trufant, you know, Panthers, I've seen him enough times when he was at the Falcons. Is that sort of like the rotation you expect uh, at the quarterback position? Yeah, that's a good question. So Lattimore is obviously CB1. And, you know, I mean, he he took, I think, you know, Devontae Adams was the best wide receiver in the NFL last year, in my opinion. And he, you know, he pretty much – he just erased him out of the game plan for the most part. He, you know, like you said, he won't be playing this game. So this upcoming game, if you have to, you know, you told me to guess now, I would say that Paulson Adebo is going to be playing one of the cornerback slots, and then they're probably going to have Bradley Roby come in and play the other slide at cornerback. And, 
you know, you may see some true if, if Roby's not ready, then you you know you're probably gonna see true font there. So that's that's not ideal. That's not ideal. Cornerback two, you can make a case that it was the biggest weakness on this team. The Saints sure felt that way because they tried to trade pretty much their next two or three drafts for you know Sertan or JC Horn, who you guys have. And they seem to have addressed it, in, in my opinion. Now they, you know, they have an injury here with Lattimore, but now it's kind of a position with some depth and some depth, excuse me. And so Paulson Adebo, you know, who they drafted in the third round out of Stanford, you know, he opted out his last year in college just because of kind of, you know, the situation he was in and his conference. And he's been good throughout training camp. Mm-hmm. He was good in the preseason and he was good in his first game. So if they got their, if they got him in the third round and he continues to play like that, then it just kind of goes back to, you know, the rich getting richer and kind of some of the drafts that they had, because that's an absolute, that, that'd be an absolute steal. So he, it, you know, he just came in day one and it's just look, the cornerback position has looked natural to him. You know, when he's gotten beat, he forgets about it, which is something that a lot of cornerbacks struggle with. Right. And so, you know, I just think that you're probably going to see those three guys in some type of rotation this upcoming game, Bradley Roby, who, you know, he's a, if, if he's your number two corner, you're doing really well. Um, and, you know, he'd be that here with Lattimore. So those are the guys I do think that, you know, they can be had because there's just some question marks there, too. Right. Adebo's a rookie. He hasn't seen everything yet. Roby, he's coming into the team and, you know, he's still he's going to have to pick up the playbook. He's probably going to be able he's going to be limited in some of the stuff that he knows and some of the stuff that he can do. And then true front is, you know, he's a journeyman journeyman at this point in his career. So. You know, that that's an area where if I'm the Panthers and I'm coaching and I'm Joe Brady, who, you know, we, the Saints fans, you know, Saints fans are familiar with him. Then, yeah, I'm looking at I'm, I'm going to try to figure out a way to attack the secondary. It's easier said than done because the Saints know the same thing, too. But that's you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Nick and I talked about this last year. It's like, yeah, Joe Brady knows Dennis Allen, but Dennis Allen knows Joe Brady, too. So Exactly. Exactly. And the Saints, you know, they here's what I'll say about the Saints. And it, you can just apply this across the board. They've been without just guys on the defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, receiver, running back. They just they it just usually they just find a way to win, right? And sometimes you can't even tell the guys are gone, which is just interesting, right? I mean, they had they didn't. I think they're seven and one without Drew Brees the last few years. Well, eight and one now since you know Jameis won. So it's just. Those guys are gone, but I wouldn't automatically shoot that in as, hey, you know, these guys are going to they're going to struggle in that position. Now, it's possible, but it just it hasn't played out like that. The you know, just in the past, they they tend to find a way to coach up the guys in that position and provide them with help. They have really good safeties, really, really, really good safety. So it's just something to keep an eye on. But it isn't it is a strength for Cap for Carolina when you look at. You know, um, some of the guys they have Marshall from Tennessee. A lot of Saints fans wanted him. Um, Robbie Anderson. I mean, <laughs> we well, wanted him when he was a, when he was available and then and, and, and you guys got him and just extended him. What a good pickup. And then obviously more is a, you know, he's a pretty good NFL um, wide receiver also. So um, advantage Panthers there, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think Carolina, like you said, I mean, last week, the thing is the Jets, they were starting a bunch of like inexperienced and rookie members in their secondary guys who weren't really drafted high or had, you know, the pedigree. Um, yeah, they have a bad defense, right? We can, you know, I mean, they, well, they they just don't have the guys yet, the Jets. So. I, I mean, their defense is, I think, especially at linebacker, they, they were fine. Mosley is still one of the Mosley, best, one yeah. of the better ones. I shouldn't say one of the best. He's, you know, he, he knows where to line up. He knows where to get to. And then the, the, their defensive line is pretty underrated with Quinn and Williams and uh, 
um, you know, some of their other guys. But again, that's the issue for Carolina. If, if they're not going to be able to protect the quarterback, none of this really matters because that, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. their issue in the second half was the, the Jets. They, I mean, they, they were blitzing a lot more. And I know the Saints like to do that too. Um, and Carolina just, they, they really struggled, especially in the interior guys. You know, the Saints didn't blitz a lot this game, though. I think they blitzed. And, and let's say let's say a, let's say a blitz is sending more than four players, right? Now they did some things where they did some zone yeah. switches. Some people consider zone switch a blitz. You know, you're, you 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 drop a defense alignment and 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 you know have a linebacker rush. Um, but yeah, they didn't they didn't blitz a lot this game. They, and even with Davenport when Davenport went out, Passanio had a really good game. He probably had the best game of any of the defensive linemen. And you know they didn't blitz a lot. So with the Saints, it's just tricky. Like some games they'll blitz you out of the they'll blitz you out the, out the building. Right. And, you know, Donald is a guy who has, you know, he has a history of interceptions like our quarterback too, that we have in new Orleans. So mm-hmm. they may try to confuse him and, and try to get him intercepted. Or they may say, you know what, this offensive line is in the strength of their team. Like maybe some other areas is we, we think their receivers are a bigger threat. We're going to play some coverage and, and, and trust our pass rush. So, you know, DA will, you know, he, he's going to throw it all at him basically. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, certain things happen one part of the game and then you know the next part of the game you know guys are kind of just playing a little bit more coverage so and and one more thing to take note of is they're they're linebackers the saints they can blitz demario davis i've seen him put guards on his back yeah yeah they can blitz and demario davis is a legit rusher (laughs) like i've seen him like dip around like offensive linemen and win so it it just you just never know how they're going to attack you and it's kind of what makes you know watching this defense fun yeah, and, and whenever you have a linebacker blitzing through the A or B gap, I mean, they're still going – like, as much as a guard is bigger, they're still slower than a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. linebacker, especially now in the modern NFL, they're much more athletic, so they have a lot more uh, fluidity and just speed to get past them. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah and Davis is a power – and Davis is he, – he'll just run over some – lineman at times too i mean he's oh, a, yeah, no, he's a sure. big linebacker he's not like you know Dion jones that you see in atlanta or one i mean he's a big guy who somehow maintains his athleticism but yeah that's a that's an interesting matchup you're absolutely right um and one area that mccaffrey struggles in is pass protection uh i mean he's a terrific running back passing and catching but he's still um at times if there's a weakness that you can identify it's his pass protection and i mean he does his best again front uh, I just don't think he kind of uses the proper technique and the he doesn't yeah. place his hands in the right spot because he's pretty strong, uh, especially he has a really good lower body as far as his ability to kind of, um, I mean, if you, you can just watch him, he always keeps his legs moving. It's just a lot of it, this technique. Uh, Royce Freeman, who they picked up off waivers a couple of weeks ago. He's Denver, much, right? Yeah, he's a yeah. much better um, in pass protection. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets a lot of those third down snaps because uh, you, you think know, they'll take they'll, you think they'll take McCaffrey off the field on well, third down? No, not necessarily. They might have him like split out wide. Oh, okay, I see. A lot. I see. Okay. Um, yeah, the, I mean the, the thing about Carolina's uh, receiving core right now, it's they have three guys that they uh, rely on: um, Anderson, Moore, and uh, Marshall is mm-hmm. being very trusted with the coaches. That you know some of the other guys like the four and fives, they're mainly like special teams. Sometimes you'll see uh, Brandon Zayus. Zylstra, I believe I'm pronouncing. Oh man! <laughs> um, but sometimes he plays, you know, on running downs, or he kind of rotates, and he's not really, uh, you know, a receiver who kind of makes an impact in the passing game. I see, I see. Um, so there are three main pass catchers in that department, like I said already. More 
uh, Marshall and Anderson. And so they, they might have McCaffrey, especially if it's like a 10 person, like, you know, they go four receivers and have McCaffrey split out in the slot or out wide. And it really, it makes it tough uh, for the linebacker. Cause if he has like a two way go, you know, you either, you know, go quickly outside. I mean, you've seen the same route with Camara. It's the same thing. It's like either Camara, like if the guy's playing outside leverage, he'll cut back inside. And if he's kind of, you know, flat footed, he'll take him outside. And yeah, exactly. Thing. Those McCaffrey. option routes sometimes. Yeah. Is, do you think Donald is ready? Is, is Does him and McCaffrey have enough, you know, camaraderie with each other or understanding of how each of those guys, each other work to run option routes yet? Or is that something that you probably, you know, is that is that is that part of the offense yet? So I, I watched actually the the game tape uh, this morning, and uh, they definitely seem to have a pretty good chemistry as far as um, just reading and diagnosing where he's going. I mean, McCaffrey had nine receptions for eighty nine yards, and I think and one, nine targets too, which is crazy. exactly. So I, I think only like one or two of them were like designed screens. One of okay. them, I mean, he should have had ten, but there was a a penalty on a holding. So if you just look at it like in that context i think that they've been working a lot with each other outside of um outside of practice like the summer they were working in california so Mm -hmm. i definitely think it makes a lot easier when you have mccaffrey who understands route leverage and where to you know cut his route inside or outside like you said those option routes they've been I, i mean I think the biggest thing for the Saints uh, defensively is Caroline's going to do like it's the same thing. Like you said, it's a very similar offense to what you guys run it. Um, they're going to do like those deep play actions uh, where Darnold takes like five, six level drop, and it's essentially like a clear out where you know the linebackers just have to make sure they're not gaining too much depth because McCaffrey's going to you know slip out and he's going to catch like four or five yards, but then afterwards he's going to run for like another ten. So just yeah, gotta yeah, watch out yeah. for those checkdowns, essentially. And one thing, one thing I one thing I give you a head up on too, you know, with the Saints is they believe in the ability to stop the run with a light box. They they oh, yeah, they no, don't I, they I, yeah, they you you go base, they'll go nickel, right? They say, you know, we have two linebackers and four D linemen. If you want to run it, go ahead and try, right? And teams, you know, Saints, you know, they have, I think they were number four in the run defense last year, and that's exactly how they did it. So, you know, if if they, you know, the so that kind of helps them in the play action game because you know if the linebackers are the linebackers bite then you still have five guys in coverage right so it's just something that it's just something you know to keep an eye on that you know that I've noticed you know the Saints defense probably the last three years is that they just believe in their they just believe in the team's ability DA believes in their ability to stop the run out of nickel no that's that's Carolina's sort of similar Phil Snow he came from a college game and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been ascending. They put a lot of investment into that unit. A lot of young players still, but uh, yeah. last week they looked really good. So if that yeah. unit continues to show the progression that I think it will show, then uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting uh, unit. But, you know, as we close out here, uh, before I do get like not necessarily a prediction, sort of like what you're looking for, uh, special teams is always a factor, especially in these games. I just want to get like what the kicking situation is because – Carolina, they have some a little bit of I wouldn't call it turmoil, but some turnover at the kicker position. Yeah, um, you know their guy Joey Sly, who was their kicker for the past two years, he was struggling in camp in the preseason. They cut him, you know, at the after the last game, and they traded a conditional pick to the Giants for a guy, and he missed an extra point, and they wouldn't even attempt a fifty-yard field goal last week. They attempted, the, they punted it from the thirty-four, which I thought was crazy. 
Mm. Uh, so it kind of just led to a lack of trust. He got released on Monday or Tuesday, and they just signed another kicker. Uh, Gonzalez or so, someone. Zane Gonzalez, yeah. yeah so okay. they, uh, they're going through a little bit of turnover at that position. I know Will Lutz has been dealing with an injury. I, they had Rosas in the preseason. What is that situation like for the Saints? Yeah, well, it's, 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 not, it's not ideal. It's not ideal because, you know, with Will Lux, you like to feel like you, you know, they've, they've, they're set at that position. Now, oh, yeah, he, did have, he did have some struggles last year um, at times, but Sean Payton has the utmost confidence in, in him as a player, and, you know, he's earned it. He, you know, you look at his percentages, and, you know, they're pretty high. So, Aldrich Rosas, I think it's how, R-O-S-A-S, is, the, is their kicker now. He, I mean, he hit all of his he hit all of his kicks this past Sunday, so you know that bodes well. They they moved him to the practice squad practice squad, but they used the protection on him, which I think is the first time that they've ever done that with a player. So that's who's going to be the kicker, you know, in the short term. And if you know if he doesn't mess up, then he'll he'll hold the fort down until until Will Lutz returns. So you know it, it it's it's not ideal, but. You know, I think Sean Payton will do all he can to maybe not put, you know, that guy in a non-advantageous position. And, you know, I think if there's a long field goal, you know, he may choose to trust his defense, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure he has a good feel for this guy's range and, you know, what, you know, what he can do. So, you you know, you're absolutely right. It's both teams seem to kind of be trying to outdo each other who can have the, <laughs> the worst kicker situation. And, you know, we'll, 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 we'll definitely see how it goes. Their punter, um, he seemed to be, he seems to be pretty good though. Even though he didn't get much work this past Sunday, but yeah, you know, he seems they seem like they have their, you know, they might have a pretty good punter there in 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 Glilgan, So, yeah, for sure. I mean, your special teams coordinator Jared Rissy is one of the best, so I'm not surprised that yeah. The yeah, and don't kick the ball. I mean, Deontay Harris is a. I mean, and I'm pretty sure, you know, the the, co- the Panthers coaching staff know this, but if you know if they kick him the ball. You know, he's he's one of the guys that you kind of don't want to kick the ball to. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they just tried to just avoid him altogether because, you know, he's he's one of the better, you know, punt returners, kick returners, you know, however you want to put him in the league. He's he's really good at it. He's extremely fast, too. Yes. No, no doubt. He, he definitely is. I've, we've seen it a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Will Lutz is probably one of the better kickers outside of Tucker in the NFL. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's gonna come down to just third downs, and Carolina's defense was really good on third down last week. But uh, you yeah, know, the Saints present a nasty animal. And, yeah, I think so, the. I don't think the. I mean, I don't think Aaron Rodgers converted a third down last week, if oh, I remember wow. correctly. Yeah, or it may. Have, it was like one or something. It was. Yeah, that game last week. I don't know if that's the standard every week. I think this. You know, sometimes things tailspin a little bit, but. The defense that you saw, it, it is absolutely real. It's real. It's been real. It's been like this for years. And it's just, you know, when you get a team where Cam Jordan has been there the whole time, David Onyemata has been there the whole time, Davenport's been there pretty much the whole time, D- Davis the same way, right? Lattimore the same way. Marcus Williams the same way. Malcolm Jenkins, right? Chauncey Garner Johnson is going on his third year. So these guys, they just know what to do, right? And the, <laughs> the I would say the biggest thing about them is just, you know, they're confident. Like they – you know, Chauncey Gona Johnson, he's like he's the guy, he's the like the energy of the entire defense, right? I mean, everyone, everyone in the league probably knows this guy by now. He's the you know, the guy that's gonna get the penalties. But you know, he he you listen to him talking, he says, Yeah, we're the best defense in the league. 
And they all believe exactly what he's saying. And they play like it. They play fast. They're really, really, really fast. You know, yards after catches is going to be severely limited. And, you know, it's going to be hard to just continuously exploit them in one way, given their talent and then the coaching that they have on that side of the ball. So it's the strength of the team. You know, it's a unit I expect to be good all year. But, you know, as I said earlier, no Davenport, no Onyemata. We'll see what's going on with Chauncey Garner-Johnson. I didn't know that he even had an injury until today. You know, he played the entire game. Lattimore, you know, this may be the time to get him. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, and like you said, it's you know still a little tough sledding for the Saints because they're traveling so much. Um, you know, the first game was a little different because they just come out really prepared. So maybe Carolina has an opportunity, especially at home. Um, you know, to catch. Yeah, I will. I will tell you though, Sean Payton loves it. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. The fact that he these guys are just they're they're basically still in training camp mode. It's just all football right now, right? You go downstairs, you get your food, <laughs> you go back up. Like he loves this stuff. Now, he loves playing in the dome more, but just being on the road, not, you know, being in a hotel all week. I mean, I'm, I, I can just tell you, he loves it. It's just all football for him. And, you know, that's, you know, guys don't have these distractions. So he, he's, he's telling them, you know, the world is against you, but you know, he's, 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 he's happy with this. He's probably enjoying it a little bit. I, I can probably say that much. Oh, I have no doubt. I mean, he revels in this type of probably yeah, birthday. It really helps him. Um, you know, get his message across. But, you know, Kevin, as you know, we conclude here, you don't have to necessarily provide a prediction, but what are you most likely looking forward to on Sunday, whether it's defensively, offensively? Like, what do you hope to, you know, get out of the game as far as maybe how one unit performs over the other? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Number one thing, I think, you know, every game kind of starts with the quarterback position, you know, uh, the turnover battle, the field position battle, time of possession. I think those are like, you know, pretty much indicators of who's going to win pretty much every game in the league. So yeah. on offense, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm saying, okay, Jameis Winston, all preseason training camp. And in the first game, he's been, he's been outstanding, you know, and I'm, I'm not just saying that just because he's the Saints quarterback. It's, it's just what you're seeing. Right. And so can he continue to make the right decisions? Right. He always say he's making, every, you know, the plays is based on decisions and not results. Can he continue to have that mind state? Can he, can he continue to protect the ball, make the right decisions, go through his progressions? His footwork has improved a lot. I think he had three throws that I saw um, of throwing the flat to Camara. The in, in um, gosh, it was a touchdown that he threw too high and then the interception in the end zone that I thought was a was a DPI. But his footwork kind of wasn't ideal on those plays. But you know, when he has his footwork together, his feet are his feet are up under him. He's 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 putting the ball in the right place. He's accurate. He's making the right decisions. Can he continue to do that? That's the number one thing. Because if he turns the ball over, that's going to get them beat. Now, I don't want to be too hard on him in that area because Breeze in his prime was throwing fifteen to seventeen interceptions per year. People seem to forget that. You know, so if he if he can keep it under seventeen, I think that's a good year for him, especially with you know the additional game being played. So that's that's one thing. Uh, you know, continue to dominate on the O-line and can Sean Payton, you know, continue to manufacture offense with a bunch of undrafted free agents, at, 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 you know, as at wide receiver and tight end. So that's what I'm looking for on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is the bigger, is the area where probably, I don't want to say more questions, but you just don't know because of the injuries. How are they going to generate a pass rush without Davenport? Is Passanio going to play? Is he going to be as effective? And, you know, how are they going to, re- what's going to happen at corner? So, 
you know, those are the big, those are the, it seems like a lot, but those, the saints always have a lot going on. It's, they're just always in the news for something, man. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just, we just can't have a down news day. So um, let me knock on wood because nothing crazy has happened today, but that that's just kind of what I'm looking at, right? Like the cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, you know, he had a crazy day. He, you know, woke up in the morning, was negotiating a contract, probably signed it, got hurt, came back in the game, shut a player down, the contract got announced. You know, he's not playing. So what can Roby do? Can the Debo continue to play well? So that's that's those are kind of the big matchups, defensive line corner, you know, um, secondary and and quarterback. Well, it's certainly going to be, you know, another litmus test for Carolina. Uh, this is obviously their second year of a rebuild. So, yeah, you know, the Saints have sort of, you know, it last year the game inside the Superdome was pretty close, but you know this year it's that you know fans are probably expecting a little improvement, uh, especially it's a home game in September. The Saints are coming off a pretty big win, so yeah, that's you know, right. yeah me, that game was twenty-seven twenty-four, I think, in the Superdome. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was closer than I thought, man. A, Teddy played yeah. well that game, though. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Teddy, I wasn't surprised to see him play well and. I think he was kind of amped for that. You know, yeah, 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 absolutely. We love Teddy in New Orleans, man. <laughs> we didn't want him. To, we didn't want to keep him, but like at the person. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely guy. a great yeah, guy. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's just going to come down to the offensive and the offensive line, especially for Carolina. Um, yeah. You know, if yeah. they can hold up and provide Darnold the time, uh, I think they should be fine. Run blocking wise, I, I think they're okay. I think they. They mixed in a lot of different run concepts last week. As I noticed gap, power, uh, a lot of zone. I thought I think they're better running zone concepts, which is okay. Okay, you know, they don't do that more, but I think it's just because um, Joe Brady likes to be a little diverse with the run concepts. I mean, we saw it at LSU a lot of their the big runs for Clyde Edwards-Alaire were off those zone concepts, where he's mm-hmm. you know you know r- rolling to the like excuse me, running to like the left side and he hits the hole and he goes down there quickly. And uh, I think that suits McCaffrey's game too. But, you know, for me, I, I still expect the Saints uh, to be a pretty, not strong favorite, but a moderate favorite. They should have the upper hand, especially, like I said, uh, the defensive line for the Saints is going to cause issues, in my opinion. So if Carolina can fix that, uh, which they haven't, so I'm going to, I'm more of the you know, believer in seeing it until I believe it. I don't want to, you know, preface anything without me actually seeing evidence that they've improved their defense. Yeah, yeah, line. yeah. I, I understand. It's kind of, kind well, of the same thing with James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get um, it. So yeah, I, I think it'll be a pretty close game. I, I think it'll come down to one possession. And like I said, Carolina's at home, so uh, I mean they have to show some improvement here. Uh, and I still think the Saints will probably squeak it out, but who knows? It's the NFL and. I mean, we saw a lot of crazy results last weekend, so maybe this is another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of, I'm with you. I don't. It's kind of hard to win like the Saints won every week. Division games are just, you know. Now the past few years, the Saints have had quite a bit of success, you know, in, in, in you know against the NFC South, but every year is different. And you know, Carolina, you know, I like, I like the head coach. I like the owner. You know, I think they're a feisty team. I think they're young. I think, you know, they're still, you know, you drafted pretty much all defense last year. So they, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think, you know, this is one of those games where, you know, you have to come and play. Now the Saints won't, they won't overlook Carolina. Like I, they, that's, that just doesn't happen with the Saints. Like, you know, like maybe, I don't know if the Packers overlook the Saints, but 
the Saints are just not one of those teams where they just overlook a team. So they'll be ready to play. But, you know, the game has to play out, right? A turnover here, a turnover there, and, you know, you're behind, and then it, it becomes a different different game plan. So, yeah, it's just – it's all about, you know, the third down, the red zone, the turnover game, the matchups. Those are, you know, like every game, that's going to determine it. And as long as the Saints can, you know, stay on top of that like they've been, I think they'll be fine. But, you know, this is a game – I'm worried about the game, and it's a division game, and and you just, you just always worry about those. And you add the injuries to it, and it's early in the year when things are a little bit more volatile, and – you know, it's absolutely a game that, you know, I'm I'm not coming into it expecting like 100 percent victory. I think the Saints will win. If you ask me to pick it, I would probably say maybe by, you know, maybe like a touchdown or something. But, you know, I, I wouldn't bet on it <laughs> just because it's yeah, the NFL. It's so, weird, man. The NFL is I mean, we, we see one thing where the Eagles are blowing out the Falcons, but, you know, maybe the, you know, Eagles bounce or excuse me, the Falcons bounce back and they play it pretty competitive game against the bucks who knows yeah yeah you just never know man (laughs) you just never know exactly yeah well kevin before you sign off is there anything you want to plug for our listeners uh anywhere to follow you on twitter or any other mediums that you might be yeah 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 sure yeah you guys are interested in any of my insignificant opinions i met uh kevin wash jr k-e-v-i-n-w-a-s-h jr on twitter i Try my absolute very best to respond to every DM and every tweet. So um, if you guys want to talk about the game or have any questions to, you know, about the Saints or anything like that, you know, my DMs are are definitely open. But, you know, more importantly, if you just are interested in anything the Saints have going on, go to newlands.football. Um, that's the, my friend, Nick on the Hill, you know, he, you guys, you know, as Billy said, he's been on here before. That's his site. He runs it there, you know, and, you know, it's just a guy basically, starting his own business you know that's how he feeds his family he's doing everything himself he built the he built the website himself he writes his own articles he studies his own film he travels on his own dime so if you're just looking to support you know small business and someone doing their doing you know things the right way and kind of taking it into their own hands then you know definitely appreciate any support there um he's my friend you know he's a good guy and yeah we always appreciate any support that you can provide and if not then you know like a uh, 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 like on the podcast things talk or um you know, subscribe on YouTube or like any of the videos. So in just any type of support or retweet anything, we appreciate it all because, you know, some people just give in different ways. So uh, we appreciate all types of support. I can certainly endorse the quality of the website. It's tremendous content, even if, you know, most of you might not be Saints fans, just, um, you know, the level of detail that goes into their film breakdowns. And it's also really good to get perspective on an organization that's been, thriving for like the past five years just the way they uh, operate with their drafts and their personnel decisions and everyone's always asking where do they get this capital where do they get this capital maybe, <laughs> you know maybe if you subscribe you know to nick's website new orleans football you might get some better insight into you know how they're kind of working within the confines of the salary cap and uh, and how and why they're always drafting good players. So uh, I think Carolina has, you know, a ways to catch up to be on the same level from an organization standpoint to the Saints, but it's still one of the more pinnacle franchises in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kevin, thanks again for joining. Really appreciate it. Um, And for all of our listeners, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.